sure I was still a little drunk. Nice. Hello, and welcome to episode 90 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the Snorlax, Alessandro Bayelsi. Say hello, Al. I'm good at being alone at night. <laughs> uh, that oh God, that's a good quote. To come out like that. <laughs> yeah, that was a good pull. Good pull. Uh, news and nuggets will return next week, uh, but we're shaking things up for episode ninety. The first half of the show is going to be dedicated to Game of Thrones, um, as it should be, and the second part will be our flick of the week, Detective Pikachu. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Uh, we are drinking. Sorry, the text is really small here. Uh, we're drinking New Holland Brewing. Hopivore. At least you still have your bottle. I do. Did your bottle break? No, no, but I was so frustrated that in my fit of cleaning up the desk and all of the beer, I threw the bottle out. Fair enough. Um, yeah, um, mine, when I opened it very gracefully, bubbled to the top, so I had enough time to pour it into a glass. Yours, as is common for you, exploded. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I'm not doing anything ridiculous the beer's not overly cold it didn't experience a crazy temperature change it's upright in the refrigerator i opened it slowly is your refrigerator too because cold? i no but no because the beer's not actually like very cold maybe you granted it was in the back let's say maybe you need to take it out sooner i don't know well i i just need to open it over the sink oh because i, I opened mine and I had, over the course of 10 seconds, I watched the bubble very slowly move its way towards the top. Um, and I, I just, I, I made the point of opening it slowly. Like, I got real close to the bottle, too, so that I could see it as soon as it happened. And I opened it, and I was like, I think we're good. And then it just erupted. <laughs> I'm like, it's like, ah, we'll get you. I don't, just don't understand. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's out to get you. Um, like, anyway, every, getting back yeah, to New Holland beers. Brewing's Hopivore... Uh, it's a Michigan wet hopped harvest ale. And that's a weird. In, in case you're wondering what that means, because I was, um, I, I am for sure. <laughs> Michigan grown hops are the story in this seasonal harvest ale. Hopivore is wet hopped with hops added to the brew just hours after harvesting, creating rare flesh, ooh, flesh flavors. It's a different type. Okay. Entirely different type of beer. Rare. Fresh flavors. Oh my god, I thought you were serious. Yeah, no. <laughs> this, is, this is human skin beer. Um, <laughs> Abort. Let's try that again. Hopivore is wet hopped with hops added to... Mine was still alive. <laughs> Sorry. With hops added to the brew just hours after harvest, creating rare, fresh flavors. This is a poorly crafted sentence. That is a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> they set you up for failure there. They sure did. Okay, um, shall we give this flesh-flavored beer a, a taste? Um, when you put it that way. <laughs> Cheers. You know, in my extensive mm, history of, of having... <laughs> sample, thanks for ruining the joke. Never mind. <laughs> I know that we have a slightest bit of delay, but you had to have seen my mouth moving. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. It's interesting. Would you say that it is a rare flesh flavor? 
I think that might be the problem is that's what's stuck in my head while I'm drinking it. It was like last and with week. every sip. It was like I'm last week or the week before when we were talking about the uh, the lavender flavor in the beer. And it's, oh yeah, no, no, now I can I can totally taste it. Oh yeah, it's the it's the human flesh flavor in the beer. Oh yeah, no, right. I got that. Uh, that's what that flavor is. <laughs> the human flesh accents. <laughs> the human f- flesh accents the beer in such a way. <laughs> When it's the decadent dance on your tongue, <laughs> uh, um, I don't know how I feel about this. In all this. seriousness, though, um, I actually like this. It's tasty. It, you know what it is? Is it's it's the freshness, not the fleshness. Um, it's it tastes green. Mm. Like it tastes like it's it's kind of like veggie-ish, but not in a bad way, because that's actually uh, one of, like, the 12 or 13, like, like named, like, off flavors of beer, like, a vegetal, like, but, like, it, this is actually, like, in a good way. It, it tastes like it's, like, like, it's brand new. Like, it wasn't uh, mellowed out. It, it's a little bit... I think I, I, that kind of makes it almost like a raw, like, it's raw beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the, specifically the hop aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's not as bitter as a lot of, like, IPAs would be. No. But it's got a very, it's like, it's like really leaning into like the pine aspect of it. Mm-hmm. This is not particularly for me. This is going to get a, a, a single thumb down for me. Wow. Okay. Um, but see, here's the thing. And, and this is, realistically, this is just a flow with my system. <laughs> is that's not that terrible. <laughs> but I feel like if you're a th- if you go from two thumbs down to two thumbs up, that's a, ze- a one to five. You don't have a zero in your scale. There is. There's a zero. There's no. Well, no. There's no zero. I guess it's one to five. Yeah. It's one to five. Um, yeah. So one thumb down means it's a two. That's a bad score. It's forty percent. So let me let me. I have to put it into like. What does that actually mean for the beer? It's got to. So, it's got to be the commonest thumb, right? Right, dead middle. The. The, yeah, that, 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 that's the yeah. There's those. There's two down, one down. There's yeah, the the indecisive middle. Thumb, it's the common, the common one up, thumb. two up. Yeah, for sure. And then the what the deal is though. The one thumb down means I'm probably I I'm not going to actively seek this out, um, and I will probably choose something else over it. Two thumbs down means I won't drink again. So you're probably gonna there's gonna be very a rare occurrences of that. A zero thumb. A little, a little mix means, again, I'm not seeking it out, but if it's there, I'll drink it. So I feel like that's where this would reside for you. I feel like this has got to be bumped up to a communist thumb. Ah, uh, it's, it's not. I, I don't, I don't think so. I'm gonna finish it. Maybe that has to play itself into the scale somehow. It, that definitely has to be part of scale. <laughs> there has to be the, I'm going to get up and pour this out. There's got to be the, I'm gonna struggle through this, and then there's the, I'll finish it, but I don't particularly want to drink it again. So we should change the scale up. There's like the rating of that one beer Al made, that other beer Al made. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I know it's a story. I know, I know it's like on a scale of so- on a scale of soist to red ale. <laughs> Holiday soist makes a comeback. <laughs> Going back to our debut three part first episode, the Holiday Soist Ale. <laughs> okay, so. Instead of like saying it to make it sound bad against the uh, the brewery, 
this is I, I, I'll if I go below no thumbs, I'll I'll revert to stars for my untapped. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's two thumbs down. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like if it's something that you're struggling to or wouldn't finish, then I feel like that's a one or two thumbs down. If it's something that you just don't particularly care to drink again, but you'll be able to finish it and it's like, yeah, no, this is beer, it's just not really for me, I feel like that's common to thumb. Okay, so what's the what what's the difference between a one and two thumbs down? One is like you'll finish drinking it for the purpose of drinking it, but you don't want to, and you'll never buy it again. Whereas two is two down is I'm gonna go dump this in the sink while you vanish. Yeah, like I won't finish yeah. it. Okay, all right. You know what? Uh, scale revised. <laughs> <laughs> this is a no thumb beer. <laughs> it's thumbless. It's, it's like thumbless. when your dad does that trick where he pulls his thumb off his hand. You brought that's, that up a few weeks ago that, too. <laughs> that's that's this beer. I, I it's I don't know. There's there's new kids in the family. It's <laughs> but. Anyway, you but you like it a little bit more. That's yeah, why, that's uh, fine. this would be tastes. if I was going to your scale. Well, the thing is, I don't like being locked into pointos. This would be like uh, no, okay, you know, I, I would go with this a three, I, three to three and a half. You know, what I mean, so okay. commonest thumb. Oh, you have more nuance. coming up. <laughs> okay, the, the, the with the wiggle and yes. then it's like slightly. Angry. Yeah, the way that he actually yeah. deploys it with um with what's his name? Oh, I completely blanked on his name. Uh, from well, Gladiator, well, you know, you, so you're talking about really is the is a Zangief oh. from the Street Fighter movie thumb oh, where he I puts never it sideways and the guy turns it <laughs> up for him because he doesn't understand. Um, that movie is fueled by cocaine, and we should watch it one day. <laughs> I just was reading something about it recently because it was comparing that to something else. I don't remember what it was comparing it to. And they were talking about... I had no idea that what's-his-name was it. You said Street Fighter, right? Yeah. That was the one with the guy from American Pie is, like, the lead in that? Jean-Claude Van Damme is the lead. Am I thinking of... I'm thinking of the entirely wrong movie, aren't I? Yeah, I think so. I don't know what movie movie you're talking about. It was, like, a video game movie, I think. Hmm. With Jason Biggs? No, no, no. Um, the, The guy who was the lacrosse player. Sean William Scott. The other oh. Wait, the other the other lacrosse? No, because I would have said Stifler, like the other guy who played lacrosse. The one who was like actually part of the four friends who played lacrosse. Oh, with Stifler. oh something Klein? Yes. Chris Klein? Yes. Chris Klein. So what movie was this? I don't know. Was it like Double Dragon? I have no idea. I can't remember. I thought it was Street Fighter. Double. I'm going to look this one. It wasn't. I don't think he was in that. Uh. Granted, I don't fully remember, nor should anybody. <laughs> um, no, that's... I mean, he's it, he would be too young to, to be Well, in yeah, because as soon as you said that, that sounds right. But, yeah, no, there was... I was reading something. You go ahead and let, take us to where we're going next. I'm going to find... Okay. I'm going to find this movie. Where we're going next is... Uh, there's going to be uh, something that drunkenly was in the works last night was reviving a friend's um, old bad movie night that he does. Okay. And we're going to turn it into a Flux in the Sixth thing. And Oh, wait. I wasn't uh, completely wrong. It was Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li. There's another movie? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but I was like, That's... I know I'm not crazy. I, I know I, I, I read that it was something with Street Fighter. I didn't realize Street there was Fighter. two separate movies. Are they not related? Or are they related? Oh. I, I have no idea. Oh, yeah. There he is. Chris Klein. Oh, and Lana Lang from... 
<laughs> Smallville. <laughs> Kristen Crick? 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 Bassinger? Kim ba- Basinger? <laughs> I didn't even get to make the joke in that episode. I was so mad about that. Oh, uh, man. Oh, I... Hmm. I feel compelled to watch this movie. I heard it's so very bad. And the thing I was reading about it specifically was like how... It was like how deeply like Chris Klein got into the delivery of the lines where it's like... It's so bad that it's good. Oh, excellent. Um, But yeah, I, right. I didn't mean for us... This is bad even by our own derailment. No, this is standards. great. <laughs> no, this whole thing has been an absolute unabashed train wreck. <laughs> get back to the bad movie night. <laughs> uh, okay, yes. let's let's get into it. Game of Thrones is over um, for now. Uh, good. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I guess you can tell where I stand on this. And I know, like, I'm not... Uh, when things like this happen... Uh, folks in social media are overly angry, overly rude towards the creation of it, and I usually am on the other side of it. I, I actually, I, I usually still find something that I like in the thing more so, and I struggled a lot with this last season just because of it was such a great thing leading up to this, and that's really, I think that's the, it's just it's just such a poor misstep. It's like. It's like kneel before God, and he didn't roll, and then the thing took his head off. You know, like it was, it was the end of the. <laughs> you, you get it. it. They just, they just, they botched it. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know how something goes so wrong. <laughs> well, I've been. That's what. And I've that's been not spending, to say that there wasn't good parts, but that, that's what I've been trying to spend my time on the last few weeks is trying to. This is a conversation I have with my brother a lot. Um, where sometimes he's he has issues with some of these things. And I had a lot of issues with Thrones as well. But with a lot of these things in the last couple of years where you know he'll he'll complain about something and not that it's undue that he should complain about it, but Sure. I feel like there's a lot of wasted energy on things that are irrelevant or Oh yeah. There's a difference between disliking or disagreeing with a choice and not understanding it. Like, mm-hmm. you can choose... that. That's what frust- can get frustrating to me when discussing this with people. It's not just with him, it's just I. he's the person I talk to the most, you know, about sure. these sort of things. So, um, I, I encounter it more often with him, um, because we tend to consume a lot of the same media. Um, so, where... If you want to dislike a thing, that's fine, but if the starting point for this conversation is you don't understand why a choice was made, mm-hmm. then the conversation can't be productive about it. Um, where, and it's the, it's kind of where the intersection of criticism and being, and thinking critically about something is. Like, there's yeah. plenty of things in Thrones or other things that I've had, that I've watched or played or read or whatever in the last few years where I choose, like, I don't like what was done creatively, but I get why they did it. Mm-hmm. So I can only get so mad about that and it won't ruin my appreciation for it. And I've found that a lot of where I've seen it left the most or the disconnect between those two things, the most is in something like The Last Jedi where people didn't understand what was being done right. with a lot of those things. So you can't get to the point of accepting it and then parsing what you like and don't like about it. If yeah. your starting point is just, I don't like this. Not, I don't like this because. 
mm-hmm. then it severely limits your ability to discuss that thing. Um, yeah. And so there is some of that that's gone on with Thrones this season where there's choices I didn't like, but I got why they made them. And I'm good with those. I can rationalize those. But there's a lot of things that either I can't understand why the choice was made or I think I understand why the choice was made and it was made in, like, I'll say, quote-unquote, bad faith. Not maliciously, but it mm-hmm. was like an act, an active cutting of corners and stuff like that. Yeah. And those are the things I can't reconcile. And that's where I'm going to devote my time to my criticism of the things. Um, yeah. But when it comes down to the real bottom line of this is, is it just came comes down to they just didn't devote enough time to it. Not time. Right. Oh, absolutely. Time spent working, meaning it 13 episodes for the final two seasons just simply was not enough. Not with what yeah. they wanted to do um, because it was a narratively rich show with um, ridiculous amounts of character um, building and, and story writing of that nature. And those things were severely dampened. Um, not 100% of the time, but enough that it fully derailed everything they were trying to do the last two seasons. Absolutely. It's, and it's not... Uh, it's very clear here, and I think people can understand that if you, if you explain. <laughs> like, if you say it that way, it's hard to argue with, right? Yeah. And it's, this is... The movies, TV, are, it's not the only industry that, where this happens. It happens in my industry all the time. If you lead... With the due date, <laughs> like it's, you inevitably are going to have to leave things out. Yeah, and it, it and they did there. There was failing because if you there's failing on all of that because if you actually look at a lot of the things that happen, I'm not, I'm not upset. With there's a number of storyline pieces that I'm not actually upset with. I actually think they're very cool. It's just execution fail, and that's what's surprising, is because they. They've they've always executed well. Um, I've never well felt not always, that the show... but much more often than not. Sure, but I've never felt like the show really dragged in the past or anything like that. Like it in was it moved in season five was really the only substantial, and that's really where the show's quality started to dip. But at that time, they were yeah. still in some storylines. They were still in sync with the books, and in some they had only just outstripped them, so they at least still were able to see the path. Yeah. But the farther they got from the path, it became more and more clear how much the writing of the show suffered when it didn't have Martin's direct inspiration or yes. direct involvement, because that was also the same time that he stopped actually writing for the show. Forget about just writing of the books. If he had, at that point, still stayed on with them as like the calming hand on the tiller... Like, mm-hmm. they would have been fine, I think. But I think season five was also the last one that he... Because he used to write an entire episode once per season, and he was hands-on executive producing each of those right. first four seasons. So he his direct involvement helped them steer clear of the rocks. And without that that presence, I they were severely hampered in their attempts yeah. to create um, this effectively. Absolutely, it's and those are those are the two things though that caused this to be such a train wreck in the end. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, yes, the the person that thought this up to begin with no longer being there, hands on with it, and being like, we're gonna we're just gonna do six more, and that's it. <laughs> like what? Why? Like I actually don't I don't 
understand that decision at all unless there's I'm, there's probably politics and stuff behind it, I'm sure. I know it's expensive for them, but I also know that their revenue is probably way up because of this show specifically. Well, it is, but the thing is, um, and you can choose to fully believe this, this or not, but it sounds like HBO was willing to write them not exactly a blank check, but basically give us a reason to not meet your number. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and they chose, it sounds like they had the control to choose that this was the path they were going to go down. So I don't understand it. Cause it, yeah, if you would just plop me into watching this in a vacuum and didn't tell me the backstory, I would say, man, HBO really cut them off at the knees in these last couple seasons. Like, yeah, yeah. But the, from all accounts, that's not the case. So, as far Could, as I'm concerned, there's no excuses then. Do we know... So, why why wasn't Martin involved? Um, because I think he finally felt the pressure of, oh shit, I'm not finishing these books. And Okay. Um, he, want, like he, he started to focus back on the books? Is that... Yeah, because he realized, man, I have hit such a wall that I haven't like synthesized any new material and... I didn't think it was going to be an issue that I would finish them before these shows. Mm. And now the show's fully out, like, stripped where I'm actually at, like, with published material. So, all this time I'm spending working on the TV show and my other side projects is time I'm not spending writing these books. And, you know, I got pretty pissed when people said, oh, I'm worried that George R. R. Martin's going to die before these books are done. I haven't published a book in eight years I might actually die before these books are done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That, so that's, that's, yeah, that sucks. It sucks that he wasn't involved. That could have helped. I do wonder if there's, uh, if there's another side to the story about the, the, what can you, the creator's names, Weiss and Benioff and Weiss. Benioff. Benioff and Weiss. They, I, I do wonder, and I honestly wouldn't be upset if it just came out this way, if they were just kind of dumb. Like, if they were kind of bored with I it. I wouldn't and- be surprised. And actually, to further that point, and I don't have any proof of this, but after watching <laughs> the whole final season unfold, I wonder if some of the actors and actresses were done with it as well. Yeah, could be. Because if you watch the way that some of our main characters... Um, how their their storylines were treated and their screen time was treated in the final season. I wonder if some of these people basically said something like, oh, like, my contract says I have to be on set 15 days. I'll be there 15 days. Right. Um, you know what I mean? And, like, I'm only work Like, and I only have to work five hours a day. I'll be there for four hours and 59 minutes and 59 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, because no, you see some a, of these... That's funny. Because uh, two people in particular, and it's funny considering their own link together in real life, but, um, the, the 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 guys who played Braun and Lana Hetty who played Cersei, they barely did anything this whole season. Yeah. And and there was the whole thing, not that it has anything to do with this, but like where they're contractually not allowed to be on set together. Um but like he What do you mean? Oh, they had like had a relationship and it ended very badly and at some point oh, wow. they okay. put in the contract that the two of them would never be on screen together like they would never be on set together oh wow um, which is why like in the beginning of the season they don't bring him to Cersei to tell him to go assassinate um uh Jaime and Tyrion instead Kyburn goes to him and tells him oh interesting um so that's one of the ways that they worked around that sort of thing but cool. 
little scandalous behind the scenes. Which yeah, that, that part of it's fine. Like I, I don't really care one yeah. way or the other about that. But no, like I just, just I, I just it's a, a little note that I noticed the two of them. But like something like that, like where, like she had a couple scenes or one big scene in the first episode, and then you don't see her again until the fourth episode, and she has like one or two scenes, and then the fifth episode, the one where she guys spoiler it's where she dies. Um, she doesn't have a line until three minutes before she dies. She's just staring out over the balcony drinking. Yeah. Yeah. She, she had like, seriously, like eight minutes of screen time in the whole final season. Braun had I wonder... like six minutes of screen time the whole final season. Varys didn't speak until episode three. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he is, was killed it, in episode very strange. five. Like... At the very There's definitely things that. going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to, uh, to some degree. And, you know, kudos to them. Like, it's it's their business. They didn't really... A lot of that stuff hasn't really come out. I mean, you mentioned this thing with uh, Lena Headey and the guy that plays Braun. But, like, interesting. There might be other stuff. I, I am curious. So when I said, you know, oh, maybe maybe uh, Benny Elf and Weiss were done. You said maybe some of the actors were done. And then I started thinking about it a little bit more. What if... I mean, Martin is the heart and soul. He created it, right? So what if just him not being involved... If it was just too hard? Not that it was just too hard, but it just... Everybody's spirits were just not lifted anymore. Like, you were working with Santa Claus for (laughs) five seasons, and then then Santa Claus left. Like, Like, that's crazy. I don't know if that's exactly an excuse, but I do wonder if not having him, if it just became too big of a burden to shoulder for the all for them collectively, not just the showrunners, yeah. like all of them together. Um, but yeah, no, it's... The, the one thing that you can say, like, definitively is um, the writing on the show. It's like, it was... It's like someone was, like, tapped to do it at the last minute. Like, oh yeah, like, I watched the show. Like, I'll help you write the finals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like it was written by people who crafted this thing from day one. Right. Um, like the, uh, the attention to detail. And I actually, I'm not going to kill them too much for the Starbucks coffee, like cup and the, the water bottle and not, Jamie's, not Starbucks, Jamie's but hand. that's really funny. Um, <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Uh, Starbucks of Winterfell, uh, for those of you who are spin tune sports fans, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was really funny. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm actually not going to kill them for those sorts of things. Cause the amount of time nah. it spends them shooting and them editing, like, it's an absurd amount of like footage that they had. They spent yeah. their time on making those things happen. And the, the example I always bring up, like if you want to talk about like things that were polished that were fuck ups, the original Star Wars when um, the stormtroopers are running into the command room where R two D two and C three P O are are a storm stormtrooper <laughs> smacks his head on the fucking door, and in mm-hmm. the original cut and for twenty yeah I think twenty years, you hear it go. As he's smacking his head on the thing, you just don't realize it because you hear the click, 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 click of their yep. boots as they're marching in formation. And eventually, I think it was in the 97 HD they re- had, release, yeah. they cut the audio. But I think the visual is still there because oh, yeah. there's no way for them to cut that scene or to like edit that shot because it's right in the middle of the shot. Like It would I... be super choppy, so they left it there. But without the sound, your eye's not necessarily drawn to it. But this guy cracks his fucking skull on the door. I thought it was the reverse. I thought that the sound wasn't there, but they added the sound in because they couldn't take the clip out. I don't know. It was one of those things. But the, either either, either way, way, it you is still a, see his head. It's a great thing. scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorites. <laughs> the only thing, like, if they wanted to really, if they wanted to go like 
all out. They should have just added the Wilhelm scream when he thunks instead. Like, for no reason. Like, ah! like yeah, crack, ah! <laughs> As if he's falling away. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be terrible. Um, but somebody's done that. Yeah, from, sure from that perspective, that. though, that, that bit of polish that wasn't on there, I'm not going to kill them for something like that because, Mm-mm. again, I can understand how that mistake's in there, so I don't have to like it, but I get it, and I can move on. Like, it's not I can really understand how that mistake world. is in there because I can't, under- I can't understand how the hell they pull this off to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, you're going to lose me with, with, with just flat-out bad writing, especially when... It's coming from such a high standard. Like, the reason people fell in love with this show was because it was so well-written. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Absolutely. you then take that central aspect of it out of it, um, why should we still love it? The only reason we do, and because it, it's the same thing that's gone on with Walking Dead, it's just, it happened much earlier on with Walking Dead. Um, but there, you love the characters, and so you stick with it to see how their story ends. And mm-hmm. when then the bad writing affects the characters you love, too... Um, you're doubly fucked as far as your show goes. Um, yeah. But I, I will say, to be fair, because as much as we've been raining on their parade, rightfully so, um, it's not like this season had no nothing good to it. It's just that oh, the no. bad outweighed the good. Um, the thing is, I think if you took the six episodes run of this final season, if you took episode one, two, and six, and just rewrote three, four, and five, it would have been fine. Three, four, and five. The, the Battle of Winterfell, the episode after yeah. that where Rhaegel gets shot down, and then episode five was the, 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 the battle, uh, the, the Bells episode. It, I, honestly, it, they just they needed the other six episodes. Like That too, but what I'm saying is, if you take what they set up and establish in the first two episodes, and you yeah. keep all those character moments, because those two episodes were legitimately good. Oh yeah, they were. Um, and then you take the end point of episode six, where this is where all the storylines end, and you mm-hmm. just found better connective tissue between the two points. Yeah. I think everyone would have been largely fine. Like there would be some so disappointment, but it wouldn't be. The torches and pitchforks that it is right now, and and those torches and pitchforks are largely justified because it's yeah. really sloppy. I'm good with where most of this story ended, and in some cases, it's where I expected it was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that they got there doesn't make sense in a lot of cases. Yeah, there was a lot of like you know we've been we've we've said it a hundred times, but it it was rushed because of the arbitrary deadline they set for themselves. Yes, and the what's one of the more interesting things of actually the the turn of Daenerys over the course of the series is a very 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 slow burn and it's it's In, until it's, it's not subtle it's subtly done where it's like if you're paying enough attention you've realized at this point that that's very well where it could end up oh, yeah. you're just waiting to see whether or not she will be able to overcome it and if not right. How and why is that the case? And when it becomes that that's the case, the how and why were unsatisfactory. Right, right. Because you had to, in the end, it, it, it was, it is, it makes sense where she goes. What doesn't make sense is the execution of it because there's a, it's actually a pretty great scene. The scene of her on the dragon before she decides to just destroy everything. Honestly, it's, it's a dumb thing. You have to fill in the inner monologue. And if you fill in the inner monologue 
it works and it helps and it makes it a little bit better. But they've been good at storytelling. Like, they should have been telling that story. They should have a little bit more or like even even had the monologue i don't know but like it just if you but if you're not really paying that much of attention to it or like you don't fully get it i could see why you're like huh that's weird or <laughs> but it's it it does make sense in the context of everything that's gone on up to this point and it was as it's happening one thing that they got right in that scene as it's happening the feeling of like i i just pure rage <laughs> like inside me. I'm so mad and so defeated. Like you're helpless like every other character in that scene. Yeah, that's true, but the thing is, I actually have a pretty simple solution where we can use kind of all the footage that we had and like all the things that we did write it and if you just reverse the order of the things that happened, if you simply take and I don't remember if I discussed it with you. I know that I discussed it with Shafe on the Spin Shoot Sports Show. If mm-hmm. you simply take the ending of episode four, where Regal gets shot down by the giant crossbows, and you put that right before Danny goes nuts. Yeah. That's all you have to do. That's the only fix you need to do, and it all it all works. Yeah. Just take it where, man, we think we're winning the battle, right? We're lighting this shit up. We're destroying crossbows. We've destroyed the Iron Fleet. And, oh, I missed a crossbow, and it fucking lights up Regal, and Regal goes down. And that's just the final straw. It totally works. Um, I actually disagree, and I, I I like what you're saying. I do think that that it does it would work in a storytelling mechanic, but I think it would take away from what was actually happening to her. Sure, but the thing is, they fucked up so many other things that they have to o- okay. overtly get this one right. Yeah, eh, I. I, I, I do kind of see where you're coming from. Because the thing is, as a as a kind of a spiritual successor marrying what you're discussing about the inner monologue with her, where she's losing it, they realized that it wasn't enough. And that's why you get Tyrion having to elucidate so overtly to John why she's so dangerous. Yeah. Because if they had been telling the story well up to that point... They wouldn't have to have Tyrion tell you that whole thing. Even though the whole, taken as a whole, the scene's really powerful. But the specific part where it bogs down and where he has to explain every time she kills bad men, we applauded her until she thinks that each of yeah. these things is good. That now she believes that everything she's done and everything she can do is good. And that killing all these people is good. That's what makes her dangerous. We should be able to just understand that implicitly because we've been able to follow the story up until right. this point rather than turn Tyrion into basil but we yeah Tyrion has to turn into basil exposition because they didn't do the lift the weightlifting of it leading up to that point of her right. making the decision and i think that that scene was written in direct response to that like oh this doesn't really work <laughs> yeah and in order to get people everyone like some people are gonna get it but like in order in order to get full buy-in on john killing her we have to really hammer home what it is that she just did because we didn't do it on screen yeah we we have to tell the audience because we didn't show the audience now and but but again it was really it's just misstep and execution and writing whereas like the 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 end theme where they took it was I was pretty great like that was that was cool like that and yes like if you're paying attention like you see it getting there over time like awesome but yeah get it like the jump that we we make 
of like we've got like eight like fifty percent of it we were walked through slowly over the course of all these seasons and then we we had to just quickly fill in forty five and then we got the last five. I, <laughs> like, I feel it like, was I felt like a math teacher who was like grading like a test and there was like one of those like big word problems and like uh-huh. you see the beginning of the work and then you see the answer and the answer is yeah. right but you're not right. sure <laughs> you how they the got work. there <laughs> yeah. like because they didn't show all the work and it's like well did you figure it out and kind of guess it and not show it or did you just look at the guy next to you and see the answer and you wrote it down in your paper like what happened between a and c because i don't see b in here yeah no, it's I, I completely agree. That's that's fantastic. The the scene of when John does kill her, I will say really good. It was very good. And during that scene, though, when it happens, what I love about and this is one of, one thing that I will give them some of the thing some of the shots were expert. Oh yeah, like like for all the the concern and all the criticism of this again, rightfully so. Um, there is some unequivocal good in the show. And outside of the issues with the darkness in the Battle of Winterfell, um, visually, this season was beautiful. Like, oh, yeah. Almost to the a winter fault. coming in the form of ash. Like, that. Yes, and how that. And how that, and how that <laughs> flips on its head the whole thing from our scene in the House of the Undying in season two. Yeah. Really, really strong. Um, yeah. And, and on top of that. Um, the score this whole season. Oh yeah, the really good. Been I mean, out of control. The music when they they, they played um, when the the whole Night King sequence at the end before Arya kills him, um, the the way that they twisted and like played with some of the old themes from the show as mm-hmm. it went on later, like when Cersei and Jaime were about to die, the way that they incorporated the reigns of Castamere, um, the way that they took the theme, the actual. Thrones theme and twisted it in the scene in the throne room when John kills Danny. Like, really, really cool stuff. Yeah, I will say in the scene where he kills her, there was a they did it. They they held on to the scene and the facial expressions just long enough where you don't know who killed who, and I loved it. It was it was <laughs> kind of it kind of felt like a spiritual successor to the scene where Rick killed Shane in The Walking mm. Dead. Yeah, yeah. It was the same That's... thing where they. They, well, in this case, you know, they were in an actual embrace, whereas in the other one, the two of them rush towards each other, and you hear the sound, and both of them have a pained expression, so you don't yeah. actually know who stabbed who. It's, it's, I, I love that. Yeah. Just the, it's the camera is, is two inches higher, so that you don't know the answer. Like, that's, again, expert shooting. Like, I love, or editing, because they, they had the whole thing in, 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 in the shot, I'm sure. Well, sh- shooting, <laughs> editing, and acting, yeah. because the thing is, at times, the two of them didn't fully sell me on their chemistry. Um, whereas, oh, yeah. at other times, I actually thought it was good, but it, it just, it ran hot and cold. Um, yeah. When and, when they kissed in that scene, I went yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then when I heard the sound, I was like, okay. <laughs> well, well, be, more because you're like, man, like, how is he like going along with this? Like, he's not really. Yeah. Gonna, but like, you no, know, but like, there were certain scenes where it was like, okay, yeah, no, I can see that there's a little bit of tension there, and the other scenes where it was like, uh, yeah, I'm not really buying what you're selling right now. Um, and that's not even above and beyond, like, like in the the episode before it where. 
like she goes to kiss him and she's and he like kind of pulls away and she's like oh oh sick so it'll be fear then um like that was fine like that it's icy because it's meant to be like it was actually yeah. a well acted scene for being so awkward right mm-hmm. um but i thought they ho- they sold that whole thing and with the music swelling as it did at that time it's it was powerful like man i felt it i you know i, I got a little dusty at that moment all right uh, no, it was, it was it was excellent. the The follow up though, if you, that didn't get me teary eyed, the follow up got me teary eyed just because it was it's the saddest thing with the dragon. Oh just yeah, pu- well it's cause like it. like it's like it's sad and it's tense because like oh is he gonna fry John now? Yeah. Um, because like I wouldn't want it to happen, but also like like I get it, <laughs> like yeah. I, I get why he would. Um, and she's like he's like nuzzling her it's like the ewok that like shakes its little buddy like no even better someone if you you can go and find this pretty easily but someone did a side by side of the scene with simba trying to get mufasa back up there you go that one too and they used that audio over it and it was (laughs) it's heartbreaking Um, (laughs) it almost it walked right up to the abyss of being corny when it flamed the Iron Throne itself, but people I, have a lot of issue with that scene. I liked it. I still ultimately liked it. Like in the first minute, I'm like, "Oh shit, that's badass!" And then like as it's going on for a couple seconds, I'm like, "Okay, it's it's like a little corny, but like I'm also okay with it." Yeah, the uh, I was listening to a kind of funny. They did their their review of it, and one of them said that their significant other in that scene was out out loud goes. Damn, that dragon hates symbolism. <laughs> like, <laughs> which I think is like if or you want, if you are on the side, or loves it, yeah, it's what it's both, <laughs> right? This throne represents everything that is wrong with this world. You know, what? actually, I didn't think of it in the moment, and I didn't even think about it when I was talking about that scene with Shafe. But it was like right after we were done, I was like, "Fuck!" I actually had the perfect, like the one that got too corny, but like it's kind of spiritually linked to it is the end of the King Kong movie when Jack Black says no it was beauty that killed the beast uh-huh. where this is like the same thing where it's like, you think he's gonna torch John and John flinches as he lets go of the fire and he's actually aiming at the throne and it, like it's the same thing Drogon's like John didn't kill Danny it was the Iron Throne that killed <laughs> but if anybody else ever calls you a beast I'll rip their lungs out uh, the <laughs> Uh, after that, though, that scene is what we do our time jump, right? For the first time ever? Yes. And w- with no with no words on screen of how much time has passed, but you're supposed to get it from Peter Dinklage's beard, which is just his beard well, from before. I so- mean, I guess the better way to tell is John's beard. John's beard, yeah, but by that standard... Uh, it also Tyrion's takes beard... 10 minutes to get to him, right? So, right. <laughs> yeah, Tyrion's beard should have been a, a lot longer than it was if that's what we're using as our barometer for time. That's probably true. <laughs> it was but, just uh, slightly more shaggy. <laughs> that whole... While I love Tyrion giving the speech, and I love, like... He's just... At this point, he he's just out of it. He's not playing the game anymore, but yet he still kind of wins... To a degree, he's just well, like... Well, first of all, no. Let's just be clear. There is one definitive winner of the Game of Thrones. And it's not Tyrion, and it's not even King Bran the Broken. Stop it's Bronn of the Blackwater. Yeah, that's true. He is the Man, unequivocal win. winner of the Game of Thrones. 
That's fair. That's fair. Oh my god. But, I mean, I know this was this was like a silly scene, and I think it was trying to. It was. It, it's actually the first line that starts to bring you back, bring some of the humor back into it as we close out the show. But when San, Sansa, who I for the past couple of seasons just have hated, maybe the whole. I don't. I never care for her character. Maybe there was one. There was one point where I felt for her character, but like I never really cared for that character. But when she goes. Uncle sit down. I was like, damn, that was good. <laughs> You've been gone for like three whole seasons. Sit down. <laughs> if, if The only way that could have been better is if one of them went, who are you? <laughs> Actually, if you're going to do it, if it would have been like, if Arya would have been like, who is this? <laughs> or, or, yeah, she says it and she goes, uncle? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because oh. when they, they started that scene, I'm like, Oh my god, they actually d- dug up Tobias Menzies for this fucking scene. <laughs> no, oh, and then when he, he's completely, you know, he lost, and then he turns and his sword hits the, like, it's so good. Oh yeah. I was it's, like, it's funny because we were watching that and that happened, and I like, laughed. I'm like, oh my god, they could have played that, like, totally straight, but no, instead they went, like, full on, like, slapstick comedy. <laughs> yeah. And they they did a couple of good things, a couple of fun things like that in that in that scene, especially with with Sam being like, "Hey, what about democracy?" And everyone's like, oh. <laughs> "Also, talking about like digging up actors who haven't been in the show for three years, that was the same kid, the annoying kid who played Robin Aaron. That's crazy, right? I figured it was because the time has passed. Yeah, but it was just in the same way that like the kid who played Bran became like like oh yeah no yeah. now he's like. Maybe it came... Every uh, hipster in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> you um, mean with a, like, yeah, with a wooden chair that they made themselves? Yes. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> with a homemade wheelchair. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, I do think that was kind of cool that, that both of those actors came back to play those roles. They're like, oh, hey, like, they still exist. And, and, like, matter, too. In that moment when Tyrion goes, brand the broken, you gotta think, even though he, you know, he's... He's not really a person anymore. But the the humanity that's left in him should definitely went through that whole thing of like, fuck, that nickname's gonna stick. <laughs> like you know, it's so bad. It's the goddamn alliteration. It's just gonna yeah. stick with me forever. <laughs> oh man, that was th- when yeah, those are some of my he, favorite memes that I've seen this week since the ending was like about the like, do we really have to call me Brand the Broken every time? Can it just be right. some of the time? Like I get it. Like there, there's yeah. The there's best, a, the best there, and worst kings are there. known by their like nicknames, but like, does it have to be every time? <laughs> the, uh, my sister sent me one that was uh, it was a picture of him, and it says, uh, "When you're that one kid in the group project that did nothing but still gets the A." <laughs> <laughs> and th- I think his character is probably one of the ones that they failed the most. Oh, absolutely. Um, specifically because it makes sense to get where they got <laughs> but again same thing they didn't give us the story in between which would have actually been entertaining and interesting and engaging because right now he's just a creep show that nobody likes <laughs> like as far as the audience is concerned yeah uh oh my god that i'm sure you've seen i think we talked about it but that that meme with the dog showing up in every window of the house looking out oh. at the person is <laughs> it's just brand staring at you oh that that was but um, why do you think I'm here was also probably a baller, one of the other baller statements of the of the show. 
It's like, oh, I, I, oh, oh, good, you're finally getting to it. <laughs> Let me unroll my eyes, and I'll, <laughs> and I'll be your king. Let me unroll my eyes. <laughs> uh, it kind of looks like Ditto. Uh, we'll <laughs> get into that later. Uh, no, Ditto but, creeped me the fuck out. That was terrifying. We will definitely be talking about you that. You think I'm not just gonna? I'm not gonna hit you just because you look like the girl I'm attracted to with beady eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, I don't know, uh, Grey Worm, uh, has a, has a say, doesn't have a say, still votes for, like, I don't, that, that whole thing, like, I get why he's angry, right? It makes sense, sure, like, he's, he, he's, few, he's probably the only one that, where he, you, you just accept that he's so angry about his Sunday, Falling on the floor. <laughs> Did you see that meme too? No, but uh, I mean, it's a little bit more than that. Like he, like he cares about two people For, in the world, and they both and they're gone died now. Died in like a span of four days. Mm-hmm. Um, th- sorry, that meme that I'm referring to is the way that he says "on Sunday," "on Sunday," whatever <laughs> it is. And there's a picture of him with a sad face, and then the next picture is an ice cream cone on the floor, and it says "me Sunday." <laughs> <laughs> So good. Uh, no, he. I don't. I'm surprised they kept John as a prisoner and just didn't just kill him. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, or like that he would just turn himself in. That who would John? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I... Like I understand his thing about the honorableness, and he probably figured like you know okay. Like, I kind of just ripped my own heart out in the process of, like, stabbing her in her heart. But, like, I don't know. I feel like, not that he should, like, run off into exile immediately, but more kind of just, like, let me just go somewhere so that cooler heads can prevail as we figure out what you're going to do with me. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he still tried to, like, not die when Drum came in. And, like, he can poke in. his head up every once in a while and be like, hey, hey, kid. What are they saying about Jon Snow? Not yet? <laughs> Alright. <laughs> it goes off to a different land. <laughs> or just or just goes north of the wall anyway, because I'm pretty sure that's what he would have done regardless. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he just wanted to stand judgment, and I think he was probably still torn on the idea of, do I want sure. to be alive or dead? Um, right, right. But I, can, I, can, can I really live with this decision? I, Let them I do, make the choice. I, I do feel like he like was like at least 5149 live, because like he didn't, like, he didn't run, but he also was afraid of getting torched by Drogon. So, if, like, he hadn't mm-hmm. exactly lost the will to live. Right. You know what I mean? Even if he was, right. like, contemplating it. Yeah, but even if you lose the will to live, I'm pretty sure when a dragon is staring you in the face, you'll be scared. I don't know. The last time he was staring a dragon in the face who actually wanted to kill him, he just screamed at it. That's true. That's true. He he did the, uh... He did what you would expect Steve Buscemi and Armageddon to do <laughs> in, that, in that moment. What, ride it? But, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, nah. It was, he took, took Danny's spot. Oh, also, he's like, stabbed her in the heart. It's like, well, why, I guess you, you, did you have to tell them exactly what you did? <laughs> Just, I don't, I don't know. Like, he kind of, to a degree, he could have got away with it. <laughs> she got on the dragon and left. Like, I don't know what happened. It's a good point. Really there weird. wasn't even a body there. By the way, I'm actually king. <laughs> actually, that would have been the move, right? Just sit down on the throne. Oh, Grey Worm. Yeah. Well, as he comes in. Uh, what are you doing? 
Yeah, so Danny just left and made me king. So, um, first order of business. Let's, uh, let's see who's suffering from third degree burns and see if we can help them out a little bit. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, what about the Dothraki? What, what of them? Did they not all die? <laughs> well, no, they had planted some before they headed north. And they had sprouted by the time of the battle. Okay, so before before all of their lights were extinguished. Yes, correct. Okay, all right. Now, what about after the fact? After Danny's gone, they just stuck them back on the ship and said, "Go back, be free in those." Planes. Yeah, but the, I don't know, that that seem that's again that does seem like poor writing for that tribe and how they do things. Uh, no, because they followed they, a strong leader. Yes, but more specifically, though. Um, that's what they did when Drogo died, is they split off and they followed amongst themselves who was the next leader. Like, uh, okay, that actually, I got you. That, that, that's fair. Like, I do like that, when that he, final scene where two of them are walking away, I was just like, that's, that's adorable. They're just living here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I think it's a little weird that they were like, yeah, Unsullied, like, you guys just go and, um, like, live in the Reach, I guess? Well, they were just like, you go live there, and then they'll be like, don't worry, and be like... In like sixty years, <laughs> there'll be none left. So that, that was the, that was the joke that 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 Schaefer made on when we were talking about. <laughs> oh, really? I don't know if you heard that. And he no, actually it. like clipped it and put it on like Twitter, like with like Overcast, like whereas like like Davos is like, well, let's just let you form your own house and live in the Reach, and and he's like, really, Davos? Like we're gonna tell the bunch of dickless dudes to form their own house? The house isn't gonna exist in forty years. Like, <laughs> I love Sir Davos. <laughs> me too i'm so glad that uh, you know i would say he's second place in the game of thrones my one of my favorite lines of the of that show was well i don't think i have a vote but i <laughs> <laughs> um not just that but um there's been a thing well, you've been reading the ringer more and you've seen like some of the like the thrones the exit interviews and stuff. the exit interviews but did, have you caught on to the running joke on that site about Davos forgetting about his wife? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was one. Of, it was one of the things that I, you read some of, like the series before the series that they did on the site, where it was like every day they did a, a potential loose thread to cover in the final season before the final mm-hmm. season started, and that was one of them. Like, will Davos remember his wife? Because oh like God. in this for, in the second season, the first season that he was in, he talked about his wife all the time, and remember he had a son, and the son dies in the Battle of Blackwater. Yeah, yeah. Talks about his wife a lot, and I think even a little bit after that, and then all of a sudden he just never mentioned his wife. <laughs> and like it was like a known like thing in like the books that he had like seven kids. Oh my god, that's that's really funny. And still, at the end of the show, he's just in King's Landing, being the master of ships. Which you know, good on him. And it, it was between him and Yara Greyjoy, the only two like contenders for that title. Um, still no wife though. <laughs> no, no, the. Uh... Man, he's he's fun. They, un because with all the other things that they forgot to write or forgot to <laughs> execute, they really just tortured that man with burning children. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> it's horrible. Yes, his son, his son burnt to death. His foster daughter burnt to death. That girl looked exactly like his burnt to death foster daughter. Like, yeah. Then the little then the kid with her mother burnt to death with the horse in his hand. Like the figurines that he used to make. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's just like if if he 
just gave up, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh my god, he that's what a great he that guy crushes that character though. He he acts his ass off in, he, the, in that show. He was one of the people who really I felt like personified the role themselves. Like especially for me, someone who read I I, I think I read the whole series twice through actually. Um, he's someone who really personified the role. Like, I felt mm. like they cast him pitch perfect. Um, and I didn't feel like that was true with everyone, per se. Though, I think they nailed a lot of them. Like, a lot, a lot of them. Yeah, they did. Sorry, Game of Thrones sex jokes. Uh, the <laughs> Tyrion throwing the pin was awesome. Yes. Uh, that no, scene was When awesome. he did it, I wanted to, like, stand up and applaud. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. I, I, I actually said, because I was watching with a few people. It was, like, my brother and a few of his friends, and I was like, good for you, man. Like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, who cares if you're going to die now at this point? Like, you know what? You're going out. Like, go out on top, man. Go out on your terms. Yeah, exactly. But when he did that, Kim goes, oh, my God, is she just going to kill him? I was like, no, 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 no. He's the only one still playing the game. <laughs> and he... Kind of was, until he's got that, he's like, it, it was all a ploy to get into a cell, to have one last conversation with John. It doesn't go well, and then he's like, ah, blah, blah, blah. I, <laughs> and it works. I, I immediately <laughs> regret this decision. Yeah. But John leaves and he goes, fuck. Wait, <laughs> he's wait, not going to do it. Can I try this again? <laughs> you go go out, you come back in. <laughs> the, uh... Uh, talking about killing, uh, watching his best best friend burn was was he he got me choked up multiple times in that show. The um, yeah. in that in that episode, especially when he saw his uh, his brother's hand, that was oh yeah that, was, that scene would have been more impactful if Kim didn't go. Couldn't they have just stepped over to the left? <laughs> and I was like, Ugh. and I try to justify it, but I can't. <laughs> I mean, either way, Jamie's dead. Yeah. But she might have lived. <laughs> but, like, I feel like Tyrion's gotta feel like, well, if I can't have Jamie, then I don't really need her. Yeah. Like, I feel like if he found both of them alive, it'd be like, oh, great, you guys are alive. But, like, if he found just her, I feel like they would have finally got back to the Valonqar prophecy and he would have, like, choked her out. Hmm. If he, he finds... Finds them both, first sees Jamie, and he's like, yay! And then he sees her, and he's like, oh, you're alive too. Great. Yeah, but like, he would have been okay if he just had Jamie alive, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, they would have been fine. No, they, they, I was, their relationship was always well done. The two, I, I, the two of them, again, like Davos, acted their asses off. Yes. Um, and especially... I'm glad they gave each of them a few strong scenes in this final season because they had both been kind of sidelined for the last couple of seasons. Like, yeah. from, like, a performance perspective. Like, like the two of them were very central to the plot, but they didn't get asked to carry much of the emotional weight anymore. And when you consider some of the highlights that each of them had, especially in that run in, like, season three and four, where, like, Jamie finally starts to strip down to the studs and become a new person, and Tyrion deals with his ever and more increasingly unfair set of circumstances ultimately leading to his trial and then murder of his father right like mm-hmm. during that run of season three and four the two of them were asked to carry a lot of weight and they were very much up to the task um and if 
it felt like that was another reason the show suffered some was that the two of them were sidelined from the from a performance perspective. Yeah, uh, that that's that's fair, man. I, I you know talking about it, I feel good, right? It's it, it's fun to talk about it. It I do I do wish it was extended and I got more from it because it was something that I loved. Uh, I think that my of all of the of the issues that I had, my biggest issue was with that battle of battle for Winterfell episode, whatever it was called. Was it Long Night? What is it was called Long Night. Yeah, Long Night. Um, because like just because th- this, I loved the whole concept of there's this looming threat. And you all don't realize that you're just being petty. <laughs> like, while this ridiculous thing's about to happen. But then when it happens and it's over so abruptly, that was, like, another rushed thing that, while the outcome would have been a cool ending outcome, there was, like, a lot of build-up and not a ton of payoff. And and then and then the, the end. Then, again, the music helped with that. It was pretty amazing. But the... And Arya being the one to do it in the way... You know the the blue like you know and blue eyes <laughs> like the eyes like that was that was that all of that was cool yes the things that in that episode that advanced the plot were um were awesome it was just the abrupt end of this threat for so long where and it's a it's a silly thing where like you know you don't want people make characters that you love to die they just didn't seem to be a ton of they didn't seem to lose a lot from it. Even though, I, and in sheer numbers they did, but the execution and the scale that they showed as it was happening was poorly done. Well, that was the one thing that I had stuck to was, like, like ease your bloodlust a bit. Like, we'll still lose more characters as the show ends. And we sure. did. We yeah, still yeah. lost a significant... And we started to lose the more and more important ones, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the main characters, a bunch of them died. Um, like, half of them. Um, so... I was okay with that, knowing what was going to come next, to some degree, right? Yeah. Um, for me, my biggest issue was we talk about like, it's, it's all going to come back in some point to the writing being like suffering. Um, so many of the things that seemed so important in the show for so many years, um, in the end, became mere plot devices to put up barriers to Danny. Like, things like the Night King and Cersei and her dragons seemingly being overpowered and the entirety of Euron's existence all just became plot devices instead of characters or actual plot points um, or, like, story threads to follow. They just became things to chip away at her power base. To make it difficult so that she would snap in the end. Instead of it happening organically, yeah. it comes off as very contrived. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like each each of those each of those characters and their arcs could have been a season season's worth of material. And I think it was I I don't remember the exact quote, but I think uh, Martin said something along the lines of like if they wanted to do it justice for like what I have in mind for the rest of this, it would have taken five more seasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that is saying a lot, and if you get to where we got with five seasons of build up and more things happening, you know, it, I I do think that it could have been a better feeling. The thing is, I I really out. don't think it needed 
I don't think it needed, like, could it have sustained itself for five more? Sure. Oh, no, I don't think it needed that many more. But I, I it definitely needed two full seasons. At, yeah, at bare minimum, 20 episodes instead of 13 feels yeah. like a pretty good start. And if you want to argue, make it 30 episodes instead of 13. Right. I could get on board with that, too. You know what I mean? But I don't think yeah. it needed 50 more episodes, necessarily. No, no, I don't think so, either. But I, like, I get what he's saying, though, and... and that's it does translate to what we're feeling about yeah the I mean a, a bit hyperbolic but like the spirit of that argument is absolutely correct um, the jokes of it being a and d game where the DM is moving was <laughs> are pretty great and there's tons of them <laughs> well the, the the best most simplistic rendering of it all is that picture of the horse where it's super detailed and then it becomes like a scribble at the end yeah <laughs> it's it's pitch perfect. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you have any other things you want to speak about in regards to Game of Thrones? Um, not really. Um, I My closing thoughts on the show is we'll probably all need a bit of time and space to properly contextualize where it sits for all of us as far as sure. like our overall impression of the show. But that ultimately, um, I'm not going to let the sour ending ruin my appreciation of the show and oh, no. what it stood for symbolically and for the many hours of enjoyment I derived from it over the years. Um, it's not the first show to have a bad finale. It's not the first show to have a bad final season after no. excellent seasons. Um, even if this may be the most egregious example of it, um, I am still going to look back fondly on the so many excellent things that were done over Absolutely. all those years. And eventually, with like I said, with time and space, I think I'll come to a point where I'll just kind of like groan at this final season, but still engage with it. Hell, like I still rewatched The Phantom Menace and the clone, uh, Attack of the Clones recently. Like, like bad content that has things that I love in it, like I'm still going to, like I'm not going to, like in like enjoy them fully. Uh, yeah. You gotta learn to laugh at them too, though. You know what I mean? For sure, absolutely. I would say uh, what I would encourage folks to do, especially if they're in the situation where they loved it up until now. I I am actually excited to rewatch the entire series. I'm, I'm very excited to rewatch it because what I now not building up towards that ending, knowing exactly where it's gonna go. You can you'll be able to fill in those pieces along the way. You'll be able to help yourself get there throughout watching the rest of it and pick up maybe on some cues that you didn't get before that make it a little bit more worthwhile, make it make a more sense. But uh, I think in the, at the end of the day, I think rewatching the series will help. It's not going to fix the end, but it will help make it not as like a feel as like a, as much of like as a, like a stab in the fans back. Like it's, it, it, it there's good stuff in there. Like the, oh, the storyline is good. Uh, I, actually, one last, well, two two things actually that I want to bring up. A uh, three, sorry, and all they they are the three Stark folks. So first, the 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 slight smirk on John's face when they pan to him with all the people behind him after he's crossed the wall and they're going in further. Great, <laughs> again, great shooting. Well done. Like yeah. that was awesome. That was that was cool. Uh, Sansa saying that the that uh, Winterfell is not going to be part of this whole new thing uh, that seems like a misstep to me. I... Um, 
No, because it's been a long harbored resentment for that region, and it's been something that they've been building towards for a long time. Um, though it's it is does seem slightly clumsy when her brother ends up being the one sitting the throne. That's what I'm saying. There's a Stark on the throne. It's the only thing that should have pulled them into the fold. But the thing... Actually, my perspective, what ultimately is clumsy about it, and it's not even from the story's perspective, but rather when you consider the gravity of what's going on there, um, why they're the only ones that secede, I won't understand, because the Greyjoys, since their first inclusion in the Seven Kingdoms have always wanted to split. And that was... She says, wait, we had a deal with Queen Daenerys. Like, that was what the Greyjoys bargained for, was that they want to be separate. Um, And also, the new Prince of Dorne, who had zero lines, and we don't actually know his name, but got a seat at the council. Um, Dorne was the last of the Seven Kingdoms to be conquered by the Targaryens during the First War of Conquest, Aegon's Mm -hmm. Conquest. Um, so it's a bit odd that they also wouldn't secede. Yeah, uh, it, it, that, that whole thing was a little jumbled at the end. Yeah. The, the, as it gets closer and closer to concluding, things get more and more rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's ways that they could explain those decisions, but again, they need more time. Um, and then the final one is they, they, when they, they stopped writing Arya. Like, that, that sucked. <laughs> like, and they... They stopped writing her around the time that she got into the map room, and they're like, "Ah, shit, we don't have we don't have time. We only have one episode after this." Arya, go, like, <laughs> run away, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> flee, <laughs> and like that, and that that sucked. It was kind of cool to see the. Um, I like the idea of her going exploring and figuring this stuff out, and like, like oh, what else is out there? And well, there's a whole si- situation um, involving that in the books, where there's this character who was like mentioned as like some like way less important, like like world building history thing. That uh, it was Alyssa Farman who tried to do this very thing like a couple hundred years earlier, and not the only person, but is the potentially. The only person to have succeeded in navigating uh, all the way west. And there are some parallels to Arya's story and journey um, to her and why it's cool that she's ultimately doing that. It's kind of just a footnote thing, but... Um, That's cool. Yeah, there's this whole Another thing... <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's this whole thing about how she may have been the only person to have ever successfully do it and that it is a round world like ours and that... Because there's some note in some history about some other character thinking they saw her ship in Ashai, which is the farthest east that's on the map. Oh, uh, cool. It's where Melisandre was from, and it's where mm-hmm. um, Quaith, the one who gave the prophecy to Danny, was from, the woman who wore the mask in the second season. Mm-hmm. And there's, for people who are deep readers of the books, there's theory that that character is actually Alyssa Farman. Huh. And that's the reason that she's masked. And also, like, because she clearly has magic, because she displays magic, especially even more so in the, the book, um, there's, like, it would explain how she could be, like, 150 years old or whatever she is. And when you consider cool. Melisandre is, like, 400 years old or something like that, so. That was another visual, uh, like, visually amazing scene was her taking Na- the necklace Naked off, old lady? Walking. Oh. Yeah, just like, yeah, well, 
Walk, but walking into the snow um, in the, like one of the scenes that you're able to actually see in with, that episode with Davos trailing her. Yeah, that was, it was that was pretty dope. Um, but the the pull back from the ship and then seeing the the, uh, the Stark House sigil on the that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's it. That's it for for Game of Thrones. <laughs> Let's uh, shall we dive into our flick of the week. Sure. Detective P- Pokemon Detective Pikachu. It keeps yeah, when did me. when did they add that styling? To I because I only ever saw it as Detective Pikachu until like I don't know yesterday. It's on the top of like the the sign in the movie poster, and then I realized that it's next. It's actually it says Pokemon Detective Pikachu as the title of it. Um, because they gotta get it out there. Anyway, let's do the old IMDb synopsis. In a world where people collect Pokemon to do battle, a boy comes across an intelligent talking Pikachu who seeks to be a detective. That's that's not really that close. Uh, but it, it's, like, it's, wasn't it's, he like already one? <laughs> it, it's it's I, kind of close. It's a it's like if someone if somebody wrote like read the Cliff Notes and then tried to do the book report. Like that's <laughs> that, that's, that's what that is. Uh, this is the movies over. Uh, you know what? I'll give my uh, let's do uh, let's do our tweet length reviews. I actually have mine specifically from the review that I wrote on the Spintune. You know, you told me to come up with one, and I started coming up with one in my head, and it's now largely gone. Uh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I probably should have wrote it down, but I was a little uh, flustered scrambling to get all our shit together. <laughs> so I I will read mine. Uh, Detective Pikachu is a slow to, is slow to start, roughly paced and predictable, but it has enough Ryan Reynolds and nostalgia-driven gags to keep you in the seat through its 104-minute runtime. I gave it a five out of ten. Okay, I, I'm gonna go with a mostly visually stunning masterpiece of synergy with new world CGI and old school nostalgia that is wildly inconsistent. In storytelling, <laughs> but ultimately pretty fun. And I'm yeah, gonna okay. go with six point five out of ten. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it, I I'm gonna I'm I was very entertained with a lot of the things that were going on. There are a number of scenes that had me hysterically laughing. Yeah, I was surprised you went. It's like there's definite serious flaws, but there's enough good that you can put this in its proper perspective where it's like unlike Game of Thrones I'm not gonna hold this to a very high movie making standard sure um and that the things that it got right it got so very right that it should outweigh the other clunkiness and that even though it's objectively not a good movie it's a fun enough movie that that doesn't matter so much Uh, the I think what could have pushed it to a six, or maybe even a seven, is if it's if it was consistently engaging the whole way through. I find the first act of the movie to be a little rough to get. until you see uh, Ryan Reynolds in the first act. But until you get to Pikachu, I was starting to get bored. And the only thing keeping me there was the fact that I was seeing a couple of things from my childhood, like to make me interested enough. But the story was was largely formulaic and it's it, i don't know it was it was just it was just 
kind of, it, the story as a whole, I think the writing was bad. Yeah, that's mostly true. And um, the, the, well, the one thing I'll say, though, is from that first act, it's definitely very choppy. But I didn't think any, like, one scene dragged, really. Uh, I felt... I, like, like, like it was, I felt it dragged. At times, it even probably rushed some of them. And mm. that's why it felt so choppy. I don't know. I, I just... I remember being like, man, I hope we get to at least some of the jokes soon. Well, it definitely took not... a long time to get to anything that, like, quote-unquote mattered. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, here's the thing. Uh, without getting too spoilery just yet uh the some of the ideas that they were like some like the main storyline nothing groundbreaking happening there uh and there were some twists and turns along the way that were largely predictable because they either spoon fed you the whole thing up front or they put enough like wink wink nod nod as it was like as things were happening so that you could figure it out but the, there were some fun things that could have been better mysteries, and I would have liked that a little bit more if there was a big reveal that wasn't like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like it, well, that was know. what was confusing to me, and I know you, I, like, you put in your review, like, who is this for? Um, and I would even take it a step further where it's like, I'm actively confused as to what the movie was trying to be from the perspective of, is this a kid's movie or is this a movie for like older people? Cause at times it was so simplistic. Like you said, the spoon fed thing, right? Where it's yeah. like, it's like, okay, like this is a kid's movie, but then some of the plot got so convoluted that I'm like, there's no way a kid's following this. Cause I'm barely following it. <laughs> right. Uh, and like, you know, we host a movie podcast that has 90 episodes. We watch a lot of movies. <laughs> like, I feel like I should, never be fo- I should never be struggling to follow a plot. I've watched many more complicated movies than Detective Pikachu, and I have not been confused. <laughs> well, I think that, like... I think I was looking to... I was looking for there to be more of a twist or more of a turn, which is, I think, what, what creates some of that confusion, but it was pretty much just there. Like, it, it was what it was. It was very face value the whole way through. And... What gets you through it, though, and what actually keeps you entertained is all the references, are all the fun things that they do. Because they do a lot of fun things. Like, yeah. I'm going to buy the movie. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm going I'm gonna have it. I'm just, it's a, if I was, I, I don't know that I can necessarily suggest it to somebody because I don't know where they stand on the material. Like, I don't know about you. Where, what, like, what, are you a Pokemon fan? I mean, like, growing up, I was a, yeah. I was a huge Pokemon fan, yeah. Same. I, I, well, growing up, and I, I will never say, like, I, I was never the biggest Pokemon fan. I was never, like, a hardcore fan where I could, could name them. Actually, I probably could name them all at one point, but uh, that, that's beside the point. But, like, when when those games came out, blue and red, like, I remember just being so enthralled with it. I loved the cartoon. And, like, I, I, I loved it, but I do, I also know that I'm not, I'm not the hardcore fan. And I do think that if you are the hardcore fan, you're probably going to give this a seven on the nostalgia alone. Well, I would say I was a bigger fan than you then because yeah, I, I played blue and red multiple times. I played the next series after that gold and silver as well. I collected a shit ton of the cards when I was a kid. I, I loved the, um, the show or at least like the first two seasons of it, whatever, like was like the main, like, storyline, quote-unquote, of the show, right? Like, I watched all that. I remember 
going to see the first movie when it came out in theaters. I think the second one too. Um, like I was a I was a big fan. Like um, yeah. But I mean, there's there are, but largely you haven't really been focused or thinking about Pokemon for a while. No, <laughs> I mean, like I don't think I played. I I think I played. One of the ones from the third generation. Okay. Because I think my brother got them because he was, you know, he's four or four and a half years younger than me. So he was still firmly in it at that point. Yeah. So I was okay. like, you know, just for like, you know, I was like, okay, you know what? I should probably play this. Like, you know, why the hell not? And, like, it's kind of cool. Um, but that was like when I was leaving it. And uh, there was actually, I remember when I was in high school, there was kind of a resurgence of the game amongst mm-hmm. like my peers. Um, and it like actually kind of made perfect sense where it was like, especially like sports, it was something that some of us played, um, for like long bus rides. Okay. That's um, funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Cause it's no, like, that makes a lot of like, sense. Hey, we're stuck on this bus for an hour to like our game or whatever, like nah. f- fuck it. Or on the way back, whatever, like some, some guys are just, you know, dusted it off, you know, for nostalgia's sake. Cause we weren't playing the newest one. We were going back and playing like blue and red, you know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. like if you're stuck on a bus for 45 minutes, like. Why the fuck not? Like mess around, like have some battles or whatever. You know what I mean? Right, and and I think that's that. It's funny because like there's that actually tracks with um a lot of what I've heard from other folks that it's a it's a silly thing. It's like one of those things where like the two year difference between us, you did have a like you were in that sweet spot a little bit longer. Yeah, and that's that makes a lot of sense. Now, but again, over the last few years, you haven't been playing Pokemon games or been like. No, my connection to it really in the last few years was like through something like super smash yeah okay it, um, perfect which like, i loved the... that i loved that there was like a poke floats yeah like thing because that was from um, what melee the second one right where they they the one of the maps was on like the the pokemon like yeah like, hot air balloons like not hot air balloons, <laughs> like, the, the things i was like oh my god they're doing poke floats like the, but yeah no i mean like i'm sure like over the years like every once in a while you kind of just get bored with like what you're doing like is like your interim thing it's like eh, fuck around I'll, I'll i'll crush like a a run of like blue like like speed run of it you know what i mean yeah but i'm uh, in a few years but there are there are people that are hardcore into that i mean it's a big deal people yeah. love it and this is i mean it it is uh i'm gonna get in i i'm gonna be writing an article about fan service and why it's not a bad thing uh stay tuned for that <laughs> uh, but and that's what this is a lot of it, and it, and I'm okay with it. It's great. Like if you if you love this stuff, that you're gonna smile the whole way through the movie. Like yeah, that's that's was, that's, that's awesome. It's feel good. There was a lot of good versions of that. Yeah, it's all it's all a balancing act with the whole fan service thing, right? It's like it's how much of it you're doing in whatever you're doing, and what way it manifests itself, and is is is, is the core itself of the movie purely nostalgia or is it just a nice accent mark on it you know what i mean yeah. and this probably hues closer to it being the core concept of it oh yeah absolutely. but there was enough going on around it to justify it where it's not the end of the world mm-hmm. well you know what what blew my mind which is something i did not expect was the aside from the pokemon nostalgia the number of like late 80s through mid to late 90s pop culture references throughout yeah i'm struggling incredible. to think of any right now but yes you're right i have a list which we'll get into in spoiler territory but before we get into spoilers i want to touch on one other thing that we can talk about um 
which is the cast. I actually, I and I mentioned this in my review, I thought the cast did a tremendous I thought they were great. I think they all did a really good job. I just think they were not written very well. Yeah, uh, all those weird, like, Karen Sony just being in, like, the first scene of the movie. Like, I... Like, I don't really get why he's just, like, like there. Like, I expected him to be in more of the movie after that. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the biggest one for me, though, was uh, uh, Catherine Newton, who plays Lucy. Yeah. She she felt I she felt like an anime character come to life. The way that the costume design, the the physical acting, the, the abrupt cuts directly up to her face. Like, it was... That stuff, I thought, was, was handled really well. Yes, although... Confusingly, they stopped doing it after the. First oh yeah, scene. they only did it for like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. like I feel like, it, I feel like you kind of have to do that all or nothing. But I don't necessarily hate that they went for the the nothing more after that because it would have been too much. It could have been too much, for sure. <laughs> but I think introducing her that way, she I, she had that gravity for the rest of the movie for me when she was on screen. I I pictured her that way. I kind of pictured that when she's when she's in her reporting mode. I kind of picture of her as like a. Um, O'Neill from <laughs> the Ninja Turtles, like she, like that, like she like walked the line between anime and cartoon character and real life person really well. Like, yeah, it's I think a, she like, helped bridge the gap. You're <laughs> right. The way like she's introduced, like the whole coming out of like the like the sun and like like smoke or whatever, and yeah. like, she, the hands on the hips and the whole like yeah. the, the posture and like you said, yeah, like the the quick cut to her face, like whatever, like. Like, yeah, like, the dramatic entrance, like, from Let's that. hide this person's appearance as she delivers some overly dramatic dialogue and then bring her into screen and you realize that hiding her appearance didn't mean anything. No. <laughs> that's, that's just a silly thing. That was almost, like, slapstick into the Spider-Verse funny. <laughs> like, yeah. doing it that way. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. And I just love Ryan Reynolds. He, I, anything well, I, he I says was... cracks me up. I will say that him and Justice Smith had a good rapport, mm-hmm. which is gonna be tough sometimes. I think for like a like voice actor to real actor. Yeah, I can't imagine what that's like. I, uh, one of my buddies had mentioned a while back, uh, Matt, a uh, friend of the Spin Shoon. He was he's like, do you ever think about Space Jam and how for that entire movie? Michael Jordan's just kind of leaning on his knees, talking to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I don't know if it's better or worse, but they usually put it in, like, a ridiculous, like, placeholder thing. Because, yeah. like, that was the joke that they made when Kit Harrington hosted Saturday Night Live, like, the weekend of, like, the premiere of Game of Thrones, where they, like, put, like, a bunch of the cast members into... Yeah, that was fun. And, like, Amelia, Amelia Clark's like, yeah, most of my lines are just, like, me talking to a tennis ball on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, awesome! Let's uh, let's get into a little spoiler territory because I really want to go through some of these references that I found. Okay. So um, I'm sure there are, based on the number that I found, I'm sure there's probably a lot more. Probably. Uh, so let's go through a couple of them. Well, one of the earlier ones, a we're introduced to Detective Pikachu and uh, the R vial, which. I feel like that, that little nod to Team Rocket that wasn't actually there was kind of cool. Yeah, I uh, was sure it was going to be like R for Rocket, and then right. it wasn't. I was actually a little disappointed. But they, so that it, like, I, I don't know what those little monkey ones were, but it made them crazy, and they broke in. And uh, I think it was, was it that scene? Oh, no, it wasn't even that scene. Sorry. It's the side, it's when Psyduck's about to explode, <laughs> and he's going, Serenity now. Serenity now, which is a Seinfeld quote. Yes, and it's, I was it's, surprised by that too. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, 
what? <laughs> like, did that just happen? And then when the minute uh, Tim walks into his father's apartment and Angel's with, was it Filthy Mouths, Filthy Souls? Yes. It, when, when that starts playing, I'm like, does this movie take place in the Home Alone universe? Yeah, I was, like, <laughs> I, I was confused when that, like, was playing because he hears it before he opens the door. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like hearing it. I was like, wait, I know this. I was like, it's like, what is this from? And my first mind like immediately jumped and it was only because like I just got done watching it only a couple months ago. Was my first thought I jumped to, uh, was like, is, is he watching The Sopranos or something like that? Like, well, like what, <laughs> like, what mom movie is he like? And then he says some snakes and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, it's Home Alone, isn't it? And then he opens the door and you see it. And I was like. It's like, oh my god, they're, they're, he's just watching Home Alone. But that's the only scene they show. No, so, yeah, but... You're right. Like, that's definitely, what, like, is this part of the Home Alone extended universe? Right, because what's amazing about it is that it's not Home Alone. It's the movie from within Home Alone. It's When he takes it out of the VCR, it says the name of the movie on it. Oh, I didn't see him grab it. I Because I... I just saw. I thought he just turned the TV. I think he. Off. I think he. I think he ejects it. Either way, it's not Home Alone. It's the movie. I forget what the tell was, but it's not. It's the. It's the fake movie that they made for Home Alone. Is the movie that is being watched? Yeah, you're right. And it's something just, like it's like angels with like like filthy souls. Or angels with like filthy that. souls, because in the second one, the sequel is angels with even filthier souls. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. I adore Home Alone. <laughs> But that, so that was, that, again, these, these ones are the ones that caught me by surprise. Uh, let me take, okay, this one, not a, not a pop culture, well, kind of, this was like the, the heaviest nod to the old show. When Detective Pikachu is walking, crying, oh and my God. singing the theme song, I burst out laughing. I know, I started I actually laughing out loud. best. <laughs> oh, it never was. <laughs> There's, there's the whole song. Yeah, and that's that. Okay, see, this is what I'm talking about. That's amazing fan service. Yes, um, and also uh, you want to go back to like nods to the actual like show or whatever. The backstory to Mewtwo is the backstory from the first Pokemon movie, which was mm, after, yeah, yeah, like a year or two of the show, where he says Mewtwo uh, escaped after genetic like scientists created him in a lab 20 years ago, and he escaped the Kanto region. Is like, oh, like that was literally what happened in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what uh, that's uh, I like that, those things. The nods to the original materials that we are familiar with. That was that was cool. Uh, this one, how about this one, which is perfect timing considering what we did last. What two episodes ago? I think it was two episodes ago. Yeah, it was eighty-eight. Uh, the, he stole my balloons. <laughs> that was the the villain's plan. Was the plot. Of Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he gassed the town with parade balloons yeah. to make them crazy. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. That's funny. Well, you know, the funny thing is, I made a completely separate connection to that movie. Um, which, when watching it, my first like thought when they were first coming into Rhyme City, I was like, man, like that's really like slick like visuals, like it looks futuristic, but not too futuristic, where it's like, this is a not-too-distant future. Where, you know, sometimes where they try and do, like, oh, this is the future, and it's, like, wholly unrealistic, right? Like, yeah. um, 
And this felt like, oh yeah, like this could totally be like five or ten years from now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, but it, like it looks like like a gorgeous, like clean, like city, which makes sense considering the backstory of this city, right? Where it's founded by this billionaire philanthropist. You know what I mean? Like the whole thing it's is a full on rapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, um, no, but like, you know, the whole idea where it's supposed to be this idyllic uto- utopia, right? Of yeah. humans and Pokemon living together. And it's like, oh, yes, this does look exactly like that. That's really cool. And then they started like drilling down to look at like a more of a street level view of an average person living there. And some of the scenes are shot like in an alley or like in the little side street where there's like the little market and stuff like that. It's like, like, okay, like, that feels real to me, but the problem is, juxtaposing in some of the other scenes, it becomes like, oh, no, that looks like a really detailed set in an empty space. Mm. Like, the city only feels lived in when it's really narrow focus. Yeah. Um, and that was something I experienced, and I don't think I brought it up in the 89 Batman, where a lot of the scenes that feel like they're supposed to be bigger it feels so fake mm-hmm. and when there's densely populated sequences it feels like they're on a movie set yeah you know what i mean no that's fair the only scene that didn't feel like it was like when they're at the town hall when the joker is like dressed up as the mime and he comes to attack the press conference mm-hmm. all the other scenes even the scene where he goes and leaves like the roses those all feel like movie sets and that whole final sequence with the balloons that feels like a set even though yeah. it's the biggest street that they show, for sure, no, you're you're absolutely right. That's like that is an interesting point. Uh, oh, that's that's funny. I never I never thought about why that scene uh, in front of the town hall was so different, and it is because it's probably shot in front of a town hall. Yeah, it's the only one. <laughs> it's the only one that feels authentically like being in a city. Yeah, no, that's funny. Um, the not really that much of a reference, but the, the Snorlax asleep in the middle of the road blocking traffic and the Machamp cop guiding traffic. A fun little background noise. I like yes. I like that. Yes, that is the type of good, like quiet, subtle bit of world building that you want to see. So the one final... You had to have picked up on this one. The one final pop culture reference that, that I picked up on that was not part of, like, you know, specifically Pokemon related was the death of Ditto was the death of the T-1000. Was it? It transforms into everything that it was as it's dying into a puddle and, and then splashes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's perfect. I was like, the only thing missing from this is dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that, but... But seriously, getting back to it, those eyes were... Fun. I did not enjoy those eyes. <laughs> on, on a human being's face. These eyes. <laughs> Sing for us. <laughs> Sing. No, the that, beautiful voice. That, Sing. That, uh... Oh, yeah. Those beady eyes were creepy. What, what, was, what was the line? What was the beady eyes line? He said, oh, what? You think I, will, like, I won't hit the girl I'm attracted to with those beady eyes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that was funny. The... It's just like, it made it, it was so uncomfortably creepy. Yeah, no, it's, it was just so very wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Psyduck was great. 
Yes. Um, a, a, an interesting choice to go with, considering Pikachu, which is such an important character in the show, right? To choose another one that was such a, like, very obvious, like, like that was such another big one in the show. Yeah, and like, the character Mi- parallels Misty, Misty. Yeah, like, like that. The, those characters paralleled Misty and Psyduck. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so it, but um, yeah, you're you are right. It is an interesting choice, though. Them playing off each other was fantastic, and just the what Ryan Reynolds is best at, delivery wise, is when he's trailing off talking, and you're not fully. If you're not fully paying attention, you're missing it. Like you're missing so, like gold, Jerry. Gold. Yes, <laughs> and it's and my favorite one. One of these was when he's basically he's just like, oh, cool, cool. So he gets you get stressed out and you uh you 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 explode. That's not a character flaw. Like, <laughs> whatever whatever he says, like that's not that's convenient. <laughs> that well, he had wrong. another one like that too. Oh, it was at the very end. He goes, oh yes, this is a very touching hug. I uh, I really hope we never see each other again. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. The one of my favorite lines of his was actually in the trailer when he's like, "Either somebody, either Harry faked his own death, or and he turns and his tail slaps Tim in the face. Somebody else faked Harry's death, or and he turns and he slaps him, Harry faked somebody else's death. That last one doesn't even track. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> the addiction to caffeine and sticking with that the whole way through. Yes, that's fun." Especially That's... at the very end. Yeah, it's the darndest thing. I've been craving coffee all day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when uh, Tim walks into the room and kicks... Oh, it's okay. This is just my life's work. <laughs> <laughs> what is all this? They're clues. They're just papers. <laughs> <laughs> I know, when he's running around and he's like, I'm drinking those. I'm drinking all of those. I'm having yeah, he those. He keeps knocking all the cups yeah. I, was, I was drinking that. I, I was drinking that. <laughs> Oh, another great scene. This is one of those um, like abrupt funny scenes. Is when he orders the coffee at the bar, and I forget what that Pokemon's name is, but it just goes like, <laughs> it's the response, but it's so loud and out of nowhere. You're just like, what in the goddamn hell was that? <laughs> yeah, and then it just keeps saying. And actually, going back to just the idea of the Pokemon, I think they did a good job of balancing the new versus the old Pokemon, mm-hmm. where. They hit a lot of the classics that you're going to recognize. Like, you get Pikachu, you get Psyduck, you get at least one of, like, seen with each of, like, the, like, original starter Pokemon. And, like, a oh bunch my God, of the their... Squirtle Squad. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, there's a Squirtle Squad, just like in the show. There was, you saw a couple of Charmanders. There's a, a herd of Bulbasaurs. Um, and then eventually you see a Blastoise and a Charizard. You get a big sequence with the Charizard, which is important, right? You get mm-hmm. a Snorlax. You get a, a couple of Machamps. You know, you you know Pidgeotto. Like there's a bunch of like the ones that you were really accustomed to from the show, and then the ones that you wouldn't have necessarily thought of so much. Like oh, the f- what about there. the fish? Magikarp, yeah, Magikarp, Magikarp, and Gyarados, yeah, yeah, like, that perfect. was pretty cool. And then you got a bunch of other ones, um, like that were there was a, probably only one or two from the second generation because like those were ones that i would know a lot of as well like there was one one of them the little bird one was on like the hieroglyphics Mm -hmm. of like the like ancient egyptians had pokemon too um and then one of them was oh those little monkey guys uh the i I forget what they're called something with an a they those were from the second like like series of games and then there might have been like one other but there wasn't many of that and then there was a bunch of ones that were like much newer ones that like 
like the one you were talking about, I don't remember what it's called. Like in the the coffee shop, that was one I remember. I think from like yeah, the third yeah. generation, there was a couple of it was the the guy who was like I think you actually saw two of them at some point. Like the guy who was at the who was working at the apartment that the father lived in. He had like the little Pokemon like sticking to the the glass. I think that yeah. was I want to say that was one of the starter ones from the third series of games. Okay. Um, but then a bunch of them, like, like the fucking panda looking ones, that was not familiar to me at all. Like, there was a bunch of other ones that weren't familiar. Um, although the one doing the fucking, the DJing was, I don't even know what it is, but that was really cool that they were, like, doing, like, an acapella group that was, like, creating, like, techno music. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was silly. The, uh, it was cool to see, like, a battle, <laughs> too. Yes. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. But, uh, Although, uh, Pikachu, like, getting stage fright was odd. <laughs> it was... it Well, it kind of made sense. Yes, ultimately. But at the moment, it was like, huh. Yeah. Huh? It was like, I feel like this is, like, kind of a, like, a, like a tease and a letdown, you know? And they give you one at the end, but, like... I, I, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't give you a little bit more opportunity to see them in action... When he's freaking out, when did you become a Pokemon trainer? <laughs> I, I don't need this. I'm giving. Oh my god, I forgot everything you told me. <laughs> Tell me what to do. <laughs> when he, it's. I think what's so funny to me is at, with Ryan Reynolds playing Pikachu is that I also remember all of Ryan Ryan Reynolds like not appropriate lines in context. Yes, so, I, especially because his voice and delivery was very Deadpool. I'm picturing yeah. Deadpool lines coming out of Pikachu's mouth. Yeah. Oh, I was so picturing... It's just basically just Ted. I, I was picturing waiting lines, which are much worse. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about much worse. It's like either... Really bad. And... Either they don't sleep with you, and there's really no reason to ever call them again, or they do sleep with you, and there's really no reason to ever call them again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll do that movie one day. That's a that movie's a gem. Yeah, yeah. I was just listening to, I, I think Justin I Long. To, yeah, the Justin Long episode of Armchair Expert. I I listened to a lot of podcasts this past week, doing all of the work outside. <laughs> Did you finish the Justin Long one? Um, I want to say yes. There's a story at the end of the Justin Long podcast that makes you go, "What in the hell?" <laughs> Everything starts to blur together. Which story? The one with the PCP. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You should that listen, was, folks. That you was should listen to that armchair expert episode with very, Justin Long. <laughs> very troublesome. <laughs> yeah, you're making so many bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah. I, I, I liked the Reynolds Smith relationship. Um, I will say that, like, they, and they had a good rapport, like, good back and forth, especially as they go through that whole like buddy cop arc. That's like pretty customary for these sorts of things, right? Um, I do think that they, in a confusing way, they both telegraphed the twist at the end, and yet still did their best to muddy it up to the point of. Is that really what they're building towards? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah. um, like, they had, like, alternate, you know, things where it's, like, you know, where he, early on he says the line, like, oh, you know, I am i don't have any memories, but I'm sure he really missed you, loved you. It's, like, so it's, it's going to be his dad, isn't it? Like, somehow Pikachu is going to be his dad. 
Right. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, then, well, like, not get... showing you what the dad looks like was the big key the whole time. Well, it was the big key that it was going to be a reveal, whether or not it was that reveal, right? Because well, the, 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 the first scene, the first scene they showed, it's like, okay, and then the second scene they did it again, and I was like, mm, you guys are doing this on purpose, yeah, like annoyingly, and then it's like. Further and further beggaring belief, the ways in which they're not showing you his face. And also, uh, let me just go on record and say that the man who was shooting those scenes with the skull cap every time and the black jacket, that's not Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was had a substantially different frame from Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw them off as much as possible. What yeah, no, I- like that was very clearly a differently shaped man. One of my least favorite, like, blatant things, like, this is, like, one of those things I would say they spoon-feed it to you. They, for some of them, it, it's wrong to say spoon-feeding, um, because it's just because I've watched so many movies that I'm able, you, I, you could tell something like this, when Bill Nye goes, that guy's the bad guy. You're like, oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just a typical thing. You didn't take seriously enough, um... Chris Tucker's follow the rich white man theory (laughs) (laughs) behind every nefarious organization. There's a rich old white man who's doing all the villainous things. (laughs) Oh my God. Rush hour. We should do like a little rush hour trilogy episode. Just all three in one episode. Yeah. Maybe in the lead up to the fourth, if it ever happens. Mm, That makes sense. We'll do that. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, but even that was like confusing. Cause like, on the one hand, they tried to set it up well, where they do the unreliable narrator thing, where he's got the... You see the first scene, which they lied to you in the first scene, which is weird. They didn't just obfuscate what was going on. They actually lied to you in that first scene. And then they show you the second scene, where it's like, oh, you didn't get the whole story. Mm. But he's the one supplying the information, and he's telling you what to pay close attention to, which is the like oldest trick in the book, like sleight of hand, like... You don't know how I'm manipulating you thing, which uh, I'm good with, actually. Another Last Crusade reference. Don't trust anyone. (laughs) Especially me. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. I did tell you not to trust anyone. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, like, they did that whole sequence, like, (laughs) they did that whole sequence, which, like, like, I'm good with. But it's, like, they put too many layers to the, like, clue. But this is how it really happened. Yeah. But, like... They did it like Inception style. Like instead of it's like a binary choice, it's like layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of it to the point where it's like, I'm pretty sure there was inconsistency somehow in this stack of things that you've given me. <laughs> like yeah. they don't actually link together properly because we're watching it from this angle and then we're watching it from that angle and we're watching it from this angle and then we're watching it with these players and then it's those players and this time it's a hologram but now this time it's a memory? Like... What? <laughs> yeah, and so many of the again classic things that you you call like like I said, I'm not the bad guy. Basically, is means I am like that line. The other thing that's pretty common now too is you have a you have a being that is trapped and being experimented on. Probably not the bad guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah. Although they actually did do a pretty good twist with that, where you get the clip of the memory where Mewtwo's saying humanity's evil mm-hmm. and then it cuts yeah and then the reveal at the end but you've restored my faith in humans 
that are human Pokemon relationships, like, oh, that's actually kind of a nice, cool, like, like call and callback situation. I actually like that part of it, even though you've done the like big red flare of like. This thing is super powerful and it's been trapped and that's obviously bad. Well, no, it's not, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's the same thing that they did in Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Oh man. Anyway, it's. I don't think it's for everyone. If if you have any affection towards Pokemon, you'll you'll enjoy it. You'll have fun. My best parallel to stuff we've done semi recently is Aquaman. Hmm. Where it's big and fun, and it doesn't take itself seriously, but it gets a little too dumb and convoluted at times. Yeah. To hold it back from being truly good. That's fair. I think that's a perfect, perfect comparison. Awesome. You got any other notes? No, I don't think so. Sweet. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in a Six at SpinTune.com or tweet us at TheSpinTune with the hashtag FLI6. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Alvielsi. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> <laughs>